0: <laughs> yeah, I am. You a son of a bitch. Yeah. You are a son of a better terms and circumstances than the game that we are about to tackle and try and analyze and make sense of because Juve brought back down to earth with a 4-2 loss away to Sassuolo. Omar, ouch.
1: Ouch, ouch is the right word. Wow. <sighs> Come wow. on, man.
0: So, we are gonna I don't know if the, the... if the
1: listeners know it. Uh, those are the hardest ones those defeats, like doing a podcast after, and like, I usually don't want to talk to anyone.
0: I um, was uh, obviously very, very pissed off with the performance yesterday for many, many different reasons. Uh, Domby, yeah. who was uh, obviously there on the watch along, saying I was on fire FTA I've never seen him that pissed. Uh, I've been... <laughs> Yeah. Pretty pissed off over the past couple seasons, whatever. This one yesterday might have been uh, one of the most pissed off I've been. Um, it's just frustrating. Um, first of all, uh, ciao to all of you uh, in the chat right now. And those of you who are going to trickle in, I apologize for it uh, kicking off a little bit late. But yes, as Tony Trim alludes to here, uh, the green room uh, was... A little, but not necessarily the green room, but our chat uh, ahead of coming into this one. I don't even think I could get the link set in there because the back and forth was uh, on fire in there for with just again what comes up is all the same scenarios, all the same second guessing, all the same questions being asked, and we're gonna get to all of it today, okay, real quick. If you're tuning in on your audio outlets, please, please. Head over to YouTube, subscribe. There's much more content there. Like I said, the watch along that took place yesterday and uh, just some other uh, great content, uh, match day preview shows and whatnot. For everybody, again, good bad thick thin we ain't going anywhere all right so we thank you for your continued support there are several methods of supporting the channel even further we have membership set up which give you extra green room footage as well and we welcome you all to join on call in shows uh when we want to uh have those sparked up and members can actually have their own off the record shows we call them where you run the shows and you simply ask the panel questions whatever and we just have a chat doesn't even have to be uve related all right just football related and again super chat is enabled as well as our merch store and the easiest way Number one should be doing right now, liking the video, subscribing to the channel, but also just sharing the content. Okay. So thank you again. Through thick and thin, we ain't going anywhere. Now we are gonna get to uh again say what's up to everybody. We got Larbitro Nick in here with us. Ciao, ciao. Hope everybody's still doing well, regardless of what's going on. Obviously, Sal saying one good game shouldn't be called Max 2.0, but I can't say the opposite from this one game, honestly. I just don't know what to expect from this team and that might be uh, where we're headed is uh, the continuity that's going to be in question and everything. But we will get to everything. Omar was with me yesterday on the match day preview. We went through the lineups and we had no issues with the lineup. Even if we were looking at a couple of rotations there, we went through them. We wouldn't have had any issues with that. Alright, so... The lineup, there's not really anything to talk about there. It was as expected. It was the same lineup that put in a strong shift against Lazio, which for me was a tougher game despite the fact it being at home was a tougher matchup than this matchup that we just took on. Like, that's how I feel. Would you agree with that, Omer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sassuolo, their stadium is not known as this. A frightening stadium to play at. It's mostly half empty. It's almost like a home game if your if your ultras arrive. I mean, for Juve, Milan, Inter, it, it's almost considered a home game. Yeah. Um. So there was a- absolutely no reason to feel you know threatened or anything like it's a tough away game. Yeah. That's the vibe I had prior to the match.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Now we'll go through uh, the moments in uh, the match, the highlights, the talking points, and uh, then of course, tackle everything and try and dissect and make sense of exactly what the hell happened. But uh, 12 minutes in, it didn't take long for us to fall behind. And this is a simple throw in simple throw in Bremer challenges for, he actually is the one that heads it down. Loriente settles it and Hey, I don't know where the marking... You could see McKenney was higher up on Vina, and Gatti was kind of loose on the coverage outside of the throw. Loriente comes in. Still, regardless of coverage not really being as tight as you would like in those circumstances, he takes a slash at it from there. I get it. It's moving, but this is shocking from Chesney. Like, there's nothing else to say, but that is absolutely brutal. Brutal. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You've just put your team down one goal with something that absolutely 1 million percent has to be stopped. Period. There's nothing else to say, right, Omer?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I wasn't too angry with him. I mean, yeah, it was frustrating, but... It happens. We've seen all the best keepers ever have blunders. So you were needed to pick it up from there. But obviously, if a ball comes right towards you, there's no chance he's going past you. You got your hand to the ball. I mean, it was straight to the, to the center of his body. It wasn't like low to the corner that he had to fall down to the ground or anything. It, it was weird. It was a weird attempt of saving the ball. And somehow it got in. I have no idea how.
0: But the whole anyway, thing was awkward. It was awkward, the fact that he was, was really kind awkward. of jumping because he hits it downwards. It hits his shin and then bounces. In the, it's like, just fucking stand there and just yeah. get the thing away from your fucking goal. Like, I just, I don't know. The whole thing I, was bizarre. I, and can't say,
1: I can't say it happens here and there. We see that happen. It shouldn't have been, you know, game over at that point. It was yes. Really early, we had a lot of time to recover. It happens; mistakes happen. The team needs to know how to grow through those mistakes that happen and cost you goals, and still, <laughs> you know, be dominant. And they weren't.
0: And the thing is, is that we, we, we get beyond it. Okay, so we work through it. We power through it. Yeah. And the twentieth minute, you know, Kiese is doing his work over on the left flank, and he crosses a beautiful ball in McKenney who I thought had a solid first half. I think he was next to Chiesa as far as our best players in the first half. He uh, muscles Avenia. He gives him literally no option but to try and get a touch on this ball, and it goes in the net. So we we make it a wash. The the Chesney mistake becomes a wash. We're one. We're level. Let's go. Turn it up now. Wake up. You had your wake-up call. Time to, time to get after it. Um, 37th minute. Loriente as a cross is, uh, he puts a nice cross in there. Sassuolo still coming at us and whatnot. Headed down into the corner. And this, Chesney actually makes a massive save on this one. This is a big, big yeah. save. Keeping it at yeah. once.
1: But what, what's with the marking? What's with Gatti. the man
0: mark? That's Gatti.
1: That should have been, shouldn't even been a header. That he was, was Gatti's man. There.
0: And Gatti had space between them. And he didn't come anywhere near trying to close that down or anything. And yeah, that's you're not going to like a cross in like that off uh, just regular standard open play, getting to an open head when you're back in your shell. Frustrating. But this is where we were at mentally. And I said this on the watch along yesterday, watching this game throughout, Juve didn't have it up here. They didn't have it up there a lot yesterday. We carry on. 40th minute and again up here. Guys want to pick on certain individuals that were at the heart of these mistakes. I'm telling you all, it's deeper. It's further than that. Okay. Gatti in the 40th minute makes a brutal pass, brutal decision to make this pass. And he shouldn't have done that. However, everything that happens in the follow through and the sequence after is nothing short of a comedy of errors. Okay, he coughs that one up. He passes it to a man that's clearly marked with a defender draped all over him. He strips it. Henrique's coming at us. Miretti runs in there and over, over commits himself drastically for no fucking reason. Other than just, okay, you fucked up there. I'm going to come in. I'm going to shut this down. I'm just going to stand in front of him, make him pass this thing laterally. No. He goes in there. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking and overcommits. Now Henrique is running out of defense. And then in the follow through, the marking, we're not even tight on the players. And of all the guys to not be tight on, Danilo has acres of space between he and Berardi. And Berardi comes into this one timer and he puts it low into the corner. fair Not right into the corner, but it's a tough one for any keeper to stop. And they're up 2-1. This is why I was saying the entire team for me was, it's more than just a couple guys being at the base of the mistakes. They were with it mentally. That was a comedy of errors. Omar, anything on that goal?
1: Just frustrating. I'm just checking to see how long was it after our goal. Okay, so it was like 20 minutes after. But all throughout, I mean, it was, it was in the air. You kind of felt the goal was coming. Juve had... You know, moments that they were close to the goal. But besides Chiesem, no one was functioning. And I, I had, like, this feeling they are going to score in Juve. It felt like the Monza game, the first Monza game from last season, where you knew that a goal is coming. I'm sorry, the second Monza game. We, you knew the goal was coming. You knew Juve weren't in the game at all. Uh, we got a bit lucky with the, with our goal, maybe. Um, yeah. But it was coming.
0: We had too many players not at the standard required for I don't care what team you're playing. I don't care what team you're playing. We had far too many guys not at the standard. And I agree with you. There's 20 minutes of play there. But just as far as us, no. There was a serious lack of movement. I saw some disagreed with my point saying that, no, the energy level was good and whatnot. I didn't think it was. I saw, no. still, I saw some old habits creeping up, which is guys getting on the ball and them having no options. And guys, other players mm. standing around. And then again, you've got this um, these moments where the right pass, the right decision on when to hold the ball, when to move to the right, left. The midfield for me was abysmal. Manete, Loka, Rabio was... All three of them Non-e- were ineffective.
1: Non-existent. Rabio with a relatively early yellow card it wasn't only you know the the spacing and you and just making yourself available for passes it was the passes themselves so many lost balls so many attacks just being cut out yeah. uh, right before anything can even happen because of one bad 5 meter pass yeah it can happen it can't happen at that level if you're Juventus you can't have those errors happen all game long
0: yeah now we talk about that um, we hit halftime here. Uh, on the watch along and everybody, we were all kind of in agreement. You got to change something. You have to do something. Something has to happen. You have to have some positive shift. You have to come out. You have to get after this. So you're going to get a couple changes. Kostich is one of them. And uh, Fajoli coming in for Moretti is the other one. And I absolutely agreed with the changes. You get Kostich coming out. Um, Iling Jr. came in and uh Fajoli came in. Those I had no problems with the subs because some were saying that even Max's subs were out. I had no problem with those substitutions. Um, your thoughts on those changes at the half?
1: I I wanted Costage out. I wanted Cambiaso in and not Illing. Yeah. Um, and, and I wanted Rabio out. I mean Rabio maybe aside from Gatti and maybe. Chesney, Rabia had the worst game he's had in at least a year. Yeah. He couldn't do anything, didn't contribute not to the attack, not to the defense. He was on already on a yellow. I wanted him out.
0: What would you have done in the midfield if you take Rabia? Would you have had Meretti and Fagioli?
1: Yeah.
0: Really, eh? Yeah, okay. Because yeah. that was thrown Absolutely. out there on the watch along, and I was like, I'm not really necessarily no... I feel about, but I agree with you that Rabiot was, the, but the entire midfield was just so poor yeah, for him. i it just more at that, what we do to change. it's a It was a frustrating one there, but I agree. I wanted Cambiaso, and Fagioli. I was making the same kind of calls. Cambiaso, Fagioli. Nonetheless, Illing Jr. and Fagioli, you're hoping for this uh, injection of life and energy and let's get going, let's get after it. Um, 57th minute. We get, an, we get a situation here that for me is shocking that it doesn't end in red for Domenico Berardi. This is, it, it's absolutely shocking. And I said, you know, it'll be interesting to hear l'arbitro Nick kind of give us some type of analysis looking at it through the official rulings and everything on what could possibly Possibly have come up to not get this as a red card. So comes in, and first of all, Nick starts off with his overall thoughts on the officiating from Colombo. When I says shaky game for the ref, but ultimately players on the pitch decided to play with fire and decided the game, mostly consistent with contact in the back when strikers were facing away from the goal, mostly non calls. He adds, some potentially missed yellow cards, and one major key match incident missed. The yellow on Berardi. Uh, good time management by showing early yellow cards to uh, Sassuolo. The potential red card says we see studs up challenge by Berardi that ends up uh, catching Bremer square on the shin. A still frame photo, not always the best way to judge plays, as there are many factors. But here is what is needed to show Berardi a red: one, studs, yes; two, location of contact above the ankle, yes; three extended leg sort of sort of Four speed of play and forced used the last two points made me doubt red at first but we do see berardi running fast towards a play and his leg does extend out into the challenge but maybe not all the way the last consideration that convinced me was bremer's leg was firmly planted on the ground it is much more dangerous hitting a player studs up on a planted limb than if it's raised off the ground this was an error by Colombo to not send berardi off it's a red it's a red all day okay. every day twice on Sunday now
1: yes so for me there are two reasons why this wasn't a red eye. it should have been but first is what Nick said um the threat his leg wasn't stretched out. It was kind of folding and sort of trying to avoid it. Um, but still, that's not an excuse. It's still hit it where he hit it. It's a high yeah. leg. It doesn't matter if it's stretch or not for me. Um, and Bremer himself. Bremer didn't make a fuss about it. And that's yeah. where he should do it. He, he was like signaling, it's all good, it's all good, I'm fine. No. Do the show. Do the act that everyone yeah. does. M- make the referee think it's something a uh, severe and run to the VAR uh, camera to see what it
0: is. This is key. This is key, and you, you nailed it square on the head. So as L'Arbitro Nick continues for us, whatever intent you think Berardi has, if you think he was going for the ball or not, does not matter at all in this case. A referee judges actions, and if the considerations are met, it's a red card. Intent is only judged to decide whether or not this is serious foul play or violent conduct both are red card offenses but violent conduct calls for uh for a lengthier suspension because it means a player was not challenging for the ball but he adds he adds is exactly what you said he is we can sit here and analyze a play like this all day at the end of the day the perception that the players on the pitch have are what count the most and what mostly influences a referee So he says, after the play, he immediately shows yellow and Berardi immediately apologized to Bremer. Bremer isn't making a huge fuss. And some Juve players do ask the question of the referee. He gives his explanation. Afterwards, uh, the players seem to respect, accept the decision and move on without much of a fuss. Colombo did control the game well from a disciplinary point of view. Therefore, is really necessary to send a player off. Is it really necessary to send a player off for making what to me is an honest mistake that ends up being inconsequential? Just some thoughts that Nick thought he'd share, but it touches on your point. There wasn't a huge melee like you would normally see under those circumstances. Bremer, Bremer's a unit. He's a beast. He didn't play it up. Maybe he should have. Maybe it would have been different. Maybe. VAR, VAR. When we talk about uh, um, VAR, Nick continues, why did VAR not intervene? We are right at the limit of this being VAR material. Next week, we should know for sure because now we are getting the audio released on these uh, scenarios and whatnot. Um, But the referee likely judges to be reckless force rather than excessive force. And if you're VAR... That's going to be extremely difficult to kind of claim that this is a clear and obvious error you you almost can't because what are you going to show the referee he hasn't already saw the image is there okay yeah cleat to shame whatever yeah I saw this I'm deeming it this that's not clear and obvious error which is all VAR's intentions are really to do so again there's not that, uh, that not going to be a whole well. lot they can really do. If, for example, the referee told VAR he didn't see the studs hit Bremer, then it triggers a different response from VAR because they can say, "Oh well, yeah, no, he clearly gets him on the shin with the studs." So, I it's it just it is what it is. Um, is it a game-changing moment? Absolutely. You can't say that a team going down one man isn't going to change a game, but. Is it an excuse for us to really know based on how Oh, we
1: absolutely played? not. Yeah. The referee is not the reason why we lost this match.
0: No. No, it isn't. Okay. And I know that these moments, though, they're infuriating, and they're tenfold when you have a game the way this one was going down yesterday. That makes it a million times worse. A million times worse. A million mm-hmm. times highlight and everything based on the fact that it's more frustrating because of what we're doing on the pitch now we continue on 64th minute this is probably Rabiu's best contribution through the game he sent Vlaovic through in tight and my god Vlaovic you have to you have to score in this scenario you have to you have to put that in the back of the net
1: yeah I thought he had one touch too many, which kind of killed his angle. Uh, he gave it another small push that uh, he, he needed to be really accurate. But, I mean, you're a top-tier striker. Watch all the top strikers around Europe. They don't hesitate. Take the shot. You already turned around. It's on your strong foot. You scored two just a week ago. One touch with your weak foot. I mean, you can do it. Don't need the extra touch. That, that was a bad miss. That I
0: I have, I, I have nothing to say for not hitting the target from there. Okay, yeah. so, again, hitting goal is an absolute must. Taking a touch, killing your angle, all this, at the end of the day, you were inside the area behind the defense. That keeper, Cranio, has to make a stop on you. In that scenario, mm-hmm. that was the Vlaovic that was driving us nuts last season. Like Everything
1: about this game was from last season.
0: Yeah. Straight into the catalog. Yeah. Great. And then we get uh, a moment in the 77th. Okay. So Fajoli, this is a heads up play from Fajoli. Okay. It's a cross coming over to the backside. I believe Wea had come in at this point to uh, offer McKenny rest. I believe it was his cross that was coming over back post. Makes it through everybody. Fajoli heads up one touch and nicely settles it down into uh, the area for Chiesa to latch onto it. It takes a deflection, but it goes in the net. I'm losing my mind. We could shithouse our way to something positive here in this one. 2-2. Let's go. You Got about 10 minutes left. Get after it. Steal this win. That's the UE of old. That's a U of old, right? When you think they're done, they're dusted, you get back in there and then you find a way. However, after this goal, just no sense of urgency to win that ball back. And that um, drove me crazy Omer.
1: After the goal, they went straight to the locker room. No one was out there. No one yeah. was playing, you know, it's gone. And we've seen that from Allegri time and again, when we score and he was like settling for the draw, just go back to the defense and don't push, don't press, don't do anything. Just defend the goal. And when you try to play it like that, it comes back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it did bite us in the ass.
0: Big. And I want to go back to this Vlaovic thing. I understand as the chat's coming, yes, Vlaovic was offside, but I'm just saying of where these guys were at when it comes to up here well, and levels. Well, if he charges.
1: scores that, If he does score that, he forces the referee to go check VAR. Then maybe there's a chance it wasn't offside. Someone's canceling it. There was maybe a foul, something. But if you miss the target completely.
0: We also in the first half had a barely offside. This is why I think there has to be adjustments to the rule. Barely offside on Vlaovic in a play that sequence that end with Gatti in the area, driving a ball off a defender's hand. Should have been a handball. But... Call back on that offside. That offside's hilarious, okay? I think it's his forehead. Anyways, nonetheless, Mm -hmm. it's hilarious. We've been talking about this offside rule for a long time, but it's just funny. Funny that these scenarios keep coming. Now we get to the 81st minute. Loriente beats Gatti to the inside. Beats Gatti to the inside, has a rip again. The way this guy shoots the ball is very reminiscent of like Juninho. Anyways, because it's always got... It's never like a, uh, a straight on... Like a curl or a straight on drive. It's always got this snake to it. Anyways, I, 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 I'm I sorry. Tech, You he puts it directly in front. And he can't find a better way to... I know that he's almost overdoved the shot after the movement. But you gotta find a way to not put this in the only area... That you can't put it. And Pinamonte's there. And he heads this one home. And 3-2. That's it. Get me out of here. The fourth one. We all know what happens. Uh, And Defrel hits the crossbar in this one. Well, Chesney did well to deflect that off the crossbar. That could have been in the back of the net. on kick. Chesney puts it to Gatti. I don't know why he would have went to Gatti on that moment when you could see he's going to get closed down right away. Bremer and uh, Danilo are moving forward. Fagioli, everyone's moving forward. So nobody stays back to give Gatti an option. But Gatti cannot do what he did, which is just play it back into her. own. I don't care what you do. I would have hammered it right back at Tech and been like, deal with this. What are you doing? Anyways, calamity of errors. And that really summed up this match. And we go out 4-2. But the last two... Uh, Loriente's uh, uh, rebound that goes to Pinamonte. And then, of course, the last area. Your thoughts, Omer?
1: Well, like you said, Tech, I mean, that's that's goalkeeping one on one. You never parry the ball into the center of your area, always to the side, uh, about anywhere. And it's not only Tech, because Pinamonte's name, I, I don't think it was even mentioned one time during the entire match. Then we just gifted him a goal in the middle of our area, no one's marking him. He's the only guy inside the area. We have two CBs there. No one is marking him. He's all alone to just hit it wherever he wants. Bad save from Tech, bad marking from our defenders. And pretty... and, and then you have the own goal, which sums up everything about this match. Yeah. That's one of the problems I have with Allegri. I mean, you could see even in the first half that Gotti wasn't there. He didn't have a good match. Why do you have to go to the same substitution with the same position? If he's not performing, kill it. Don't don't make him make more mistakes. That own goal, the second it happens, you know it's going to be viral, it's going to be shared on every major platform that's related to because because that's a comical goal. That's a hundred percent comical goal. That shouldn't happen to a team at UV stature. Yeah. Then you know, different from what happened to Tech in the first goal, which happens to everyone. This is not something that should happen. And Allegri should read those situations, see how the play goes. I mean, he subbed off the wrong players, except for Kostić, at the wrong time. The ones who, I mean, only Chiesa did great. And he was about to sub him off too before the second goal. Milik was already standing on the touchline. And it's that predictability, it's that rigidness in his approach to the game that that I know because of that we won't win that game. It's not going to change. The mentality is not going to change. That's a huge problem I have with Allegri making changes in game to tactics, not just replacing the players, because when you see and Guardiola and even the Zerbi, they're shouting instructions and fixing stuff, you know, little tweaks to players during the match. Max usually tells them, calma, we have time or just subs off players. And yells at the youngsters, but no tweaking mid game, and Sassuolo were all over us. We had no idea where to go. We didn't play where we wanted to. Sassuolo pushed us to where they wanted us to play. Always yeah. to the right, always to McKenny. That's that's false allegri has the fix. I, I don't think he will.
0: I've got a lot of a lot of mixed feelings and thoughts about this one. I my first thing, and I stick to it i'm not on max in this game hmm. i'm really not
1: everyone everyone is to blame the players themselves have a ton of the blame it's not only max he's the leader the only guy is Kieza. Kieza is the only one that was actually there in his mind in his you know in his form the like, rest abysmal
0: for for me you i i i'm looking deeper i'm 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 looking much much deeper but i think to to talk to to speak to what you're claiming about Max and stuff I don't necessarily disagree but it's one of these things that those type of managers live and die by and that's making these types of decisions on are you giving certain players too much leash and oh, that's just 100%. common of that's common of guys that are those type of managers and Max has always been one of those guys where he's gonna let you like you, he's gonna either let you dig your own grave or he's gonna let you bail yourself out of it. Like, he's always been that guy. I can't I can only think of a few instances where he's immediately been like, You're out of there. And one of them was a Champions League game with DeCilio where he immediately removed him and put Lichtsteiner on. Um I could think I'm trying to think of the other one, but it's very rare that he doesn't allow players the opportunity for them to bail themselves out. He get, he gives guys a lot of leech. That's one of his MOs. So, I again, good or bad based on certain individuals' uh, perceptions, okay? And Alex P coming in here with uh, Zacharia and halftime. He's done some halftime ones, okay? But that's more so game flow. I'm talking like immediate, like you could tell a guy's on a stinker. It, it, it And cut him. But it's also the follow-through. And it's the next games and whatnot. And Max is notorious for allowing guys uh, to bail themselves out. This is not the first time Chesney's been through howlers and shocking, shocking things. Yeah. He's going to get the opportunity to bail himself out against Lecce. I actually believe that. Would I do it? I'd go with Perin in Lecce. But we're going to get into that. This particular game, I don't put on max. I really, really don't. Other than if you want to claim the preparation and whatnot, because that's where I'm going with this. If you have this many guys, and to me, the team looked flat, more guys than not, than than didn't, looked like they didn't have their legs under them. And again, we fall into the same trap, the same brutal trends we were seeing last season guys are getting on the ball, their options are minimal. Few and far between, it's pretty much back to tech, or it's lateral. The options, no movement. And even for the struggles that the guys in the middles had at just basic fundamentals of ball retention, because they were all coughing the ball up brutally in the middle, Loka, Miretti, Rabio, even beyond that, their options were Few and far between. Sassuolo essentially ran the game in terms of what they wanted to do. Force us in there, but flood us. Yeah. And I don't know how it was so easy for them when we're playing in a 3-5-2 and they're the ones playing in a 4-2-3-1. I can't wrap my head around that. But that's besides the point. When you're playing one match, one week, I at the bare minimum, I expect these guys to at least. And this, I don't even care if you're playing seven matches a week. I don't, play if, I don't care if you're playing every single day. You've got guys, you've got a roster, rotate them around, but you should not have guys out there that aren't to the standard required. I don't care who we would have played yesterday. We would have done awfully and we would have lost because we had that many guys not where we needed to be. And I don't know if that's, I'm not putting the blame on anybody necessarily. I'm just saying, I question what we did in the week preparing for this to be able to come out when you're only playing once flat. And people still fight me on this, saying that not playing in Europe is not an advantage because you lose match sharpness, you lose momentum. This is not match sharpness problems we had yesterday. That is not match sharpness, okay? That is that is a team that just looked not ready to be there and mentally not ready to go. Sassuolo was ready and getting after it. We weren't. 50-50s lost all over the pitch. Um, poor, poor marking. Terrible errant passes. It, it's just brutal. Match sharpness, I put to like your touch, um, things like that these guys are pros they're playing with the ball every single day like whether you're playing in game not i just really don't care for me i question the preparation in this i really really do omer
1: yeah they clearly weren't ready they were clearly banking on our system to work and when it didn't nothing was made to, you know to make it work and yeah i mean they're all they were all in the ring everyone except for Chiesa didn't arrive for the match they were still in the locker room in Turin wherever you want them to be just not at uh, the Mapei stadium because we lost it everywhere we fell into every Sassuolo trap they they prepared for the match max had a week to prepare them for the match so everyone is to blame i'm not saying like it's all on max he, he has a everyone has an equal share of the blame for me um, but Juve can't look like that. Those are the type of games you get from from your mid-table teams, from your Romas, from your uh, Lazios, who can beat Napoli and then lose to like Frosinone a week after with no game in the middle. Juve can't be like that. You can't beat Lazio. Trending up, it's the four games into the season. It's not April. They're not, they're not tired. Not mentally, not physically. They should all be good to go against a team that's 17th, they just lost 4-2 to Frosinone. Yeah. We have two players in Frosinone. If Barinocha and Sula played for Juve yesterday, would we have won? No, it's not something to do with the personnel. Everyone was bad. The preparation, the, the execution. Millions of reasons why this didn't go as well. And Juve have to bounce back. Have to yeah. bounce back against Lecce. We can't and... let that start being a thing like last season.
0: And when I'm talking about the standard, like, I mean, Federico Chiesa was miles ahead of anybody. It's that sprint back to win the ball back. It's that that fight. Like, he had it. Nobody else had it. There was way no. too much jogging. And, like, no. just boneheaded plays all around. Anyways.
1: And, and, and Sassuolo had, like, five more great opportunities to score. Oh, yeah. And we could say we could have won, but we could have considered at least two,
0: three more here. It could it could uh, have I been, mean, it could have been nasty. We you know if we play this match
1: against inter, for example, or Milan, we will get punished. We will lose heavily.
0: I think we I think for be me performing though like, it's like this this thing of every time we do so this is the same team. This is the same team that started off the first four matches undefeated that had us kind of excited and like, okay. We can, we can get serious, you know? And then all of a sudden when these talks start coming up and the players start getting questioned or whatever, Max is kind of throwing it down, trying to bring it down and whatnot. We have these moments. And it's like, it's like clockwork, man. It's like you start to pick it up, yeah. start to get up, and then again, you fall flat on your face. This is the same lineup that put in a strong shift, a solid game against Lazio. It's the same Costich that found a way to work and operate with Federico Chiesa on the left side. All that good stuff that we were doing in that game went away yesterday. And you had way too many guys not into it. I'm not... I don't know what Max could have done necessarily to really change that. Like These guys, at the end of the day, have to find a way to win their matchups on the pitch. You win and lose by the midfield. Our midfield was atrocious. Absolutely brutal. Fajoli was a step in the right direction when he came on, but it was still a lot left to be desired. It's
1: non-existent. I
0: don't know what he could have necessarily done or changed. Again, I'm questioning preparation. He was doing double training sessions on Wednesdays. We got three knocks. Maybe we trained too hard in the week that European play was starting off to try and try and uh, simulate getting the sharpness, I don't know. I have no idea because I'm not there behind the scenes. But all I know is that there is zero excuse to play like that when you've got one game a week. Like, zero, we look like we played in Europe and had a battle against, you know one of the toughest teams out there, and that's not the case. So something, something's up, but that can't happen, especially if we wanna get serious about a run. Now everybody's gonna question the team's mentality. Mentality is an issue. Dell says, bring in a specialist for mentality. I don't know how the hell you can, you can't correct mentality unless it's done with the right characters. And again, this leadership thing, this character thing, this mentality thing, it's got to be built right now because you know you had this plethora of these types of individuals and right now you have guys that are on the other end. you have guys on the yeah. other end that are trying to establish that and trying to grow there like who are you gonna say is are these uh, leaders and these winning mentality players at Juventus right now? Vlaovic cannot be a winning mentality player if he hasn't won something. Chiesa, you can make the argument he's been part of the Euro Championship s- squad and won some trophies with Juve and whatnot, but and he plays. He plays with that hunger and whatever. So we'll let it we'll let it go, right? But like across the line, in the middle, like Locatelli's part of the Euro winning squad or whatnot, but the continuity needs to pick up. Rabiel's been part of the France sides and whatnot, but it's not there for like, I'm seeing like a leadership thing. I I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know why this mentality, why this flop every time we need it the most.
1: I I have no idea why the game kind of felt like the game against Emberley last season. That's that's how it looked. The players, like someone wrote here, the players looked disinterested, that, like they didn't want to be there, like they were deducted 10 points 15 minutes before kickoff. But they weren't. It was just a bad game from everyone except Chiesa, and I have no idea what's the mentality issue, because, I mean, what's for Zinonas' mentality? What's Swallows' mentality? Why do we have to deal with this issue over and over again every season?
0: Yeah. I... I can't wrap my head around, but even some of the comments out there trying to get after Allegri and whatnot, like I said it on the watch along. I'll say it again. He's not sitting there with a remote control operating these guys brains and you can't win a game. I don't care what league you're in, who you're playing. If you have that many guys in your 11 that are making brain dead decisions, Sassuolo didn't do anything special. So I'm not trying to pick on my friend here, Calcio with Reno Z, but I'm sorry, man. Sassuolo was gifted this game. Even if you want to take one of those goals and say, okay, they earned the one on the rebound with Pinamonte, whatnot. We gift wrapped these goals. I don't care who you play. You're not going to win when you gift wrap these goals. And at the end of the day, managers aren't sitting there with remote controls with these players. And the decisions are shocking and brutal. I I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around the players on the pitch there and them getting a pass for that shocking display that I watched yesterday. I will question the preparation and the lead up and them being flat and not ready, but my god, that was Christmas came early for Sassuolo with that game yesterday. And there They're are muted, still oh players yeah, and there are
1: still players that feel protected, right? I mean, Rabiot should have been off. He he finished the game with the yellow, and he had a horrible game from minute one. I we're coming back to this. players are defended, and some of the decisions, you know, keep playing McKinney. Suddenly, Cambiaso is benched. I mean, he had a very good start to the season. Then suddenly, you no, know, maybe I I don't know. Maybe he'll start against Lecce. I don't know what the reason for it is, but something needs to change. These players, this Rabiot and Lucatelli and Kostic and even McKenny now and Gatti and whoever, they can't feel like they will always play because they cost more, their salary is higher. No, if you're not up for it, if you're having a bad game, sit this one out, you know, think with yourself, how can I be better? What can I do to be better and improve that? If you don't have that, then then what's the point? You're gonna keep playing anyway and then you're gonna leave at the end of the season. You're muted, Al. Al you're muted. Berto is muted.
0: My apologies. I was muted. So he yeah. brings up Benucci. had a personal trainer who helped him with his mentality. It he can help to have the right people in there, motivating, ensure, encouraging players. Conte's, Juve were mentality monsters. I, for me, I don't know if it's that easy as just hiring somebody or whatnot, but if that's the case, I'll pay the salary myself. Like, let's get it going. Uh, but every time we talks, kind of change around this team and, like, there's this positive, this uplift, whatever bang, fall flat on their face. Something's got to change. Something's up. You got to figure it out, but maybe a little more influence from Mac and Max in terms of rotation, like you were saying, uh, and just getting guys out there. But he, he likes to give guys that freedom. We are going to talk about some of the words after the game. Uh, Allegri said, Wait, that, in...
1: that's, that's an interesting point, uh, Dan Davenport have here. Um, maybe that's as far as Allegri can take you. Man. Maybe. Do you agree? I mean, what do you think about? Like it?
0: I said, it, it's we've got four games before this where we're not talking this extreme. We're not talking this drastic about you know, just we got to get rid of them today. All of a sudden, and every no, time no, we lose, we're not there. And every time, and I said this uh, today in uh, a tweet and whatnot, and it was the the best way I can word it. It may necessarily not be right or whatnot, but I just. Uh, I'm trying to uh, gather myself this morning before the show and everything because these these games just drive me absolutely nuts. But the defeat was awful. The performance, unacceptable. But we don't have to lose our heads, in my opinion.
1: No, Almost our entire bad, 11
0: man. was not at the standard. Other than, what, one or two players, maybe. And for me, it's just the question of why does this happen when you play once a week it shouldn't so whatever that reason is has to be corrected and I don't have the answer I don't think any of us have the answer because we're not there behind the scenes but whatever it is they gotta they have to figure it out but I'm telling you we don't have to jump to extremes you had eight or nine guys that were absolutely not even close to the standard required you're gonna You're going to be uh, struggling, and I don't care who you play. You're not going to get the results, okay? (laughs) Allegri's words on Gatti. Gatti, in one's career, mistakes have been made and will continue to happen. I believe Gatti has played 30 games for Juventus and can only improve. He should stay calm. That mistake doesn't affect the result. People are losing their minds on Gatti. Like, all of a sudden, we shouldn't be excited about Gatti as a player anymore. It was a terrible, terrible decision. Terrible decision. Terrible game from him. But I saw Bremer put in arguably just as bad a shift against Napoli. Obviously, he didn't bury one uh, on an open, clean goal, which highlights everything and intensifies everything. But Bremer had an absolute shit show against Napoli. I didn't give up on Bremer then. I'm not giving up on Gatti now. If, no, these that's things are going to happen. The
1: question, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. I mean, expecting the players to be perfect every match is, is just you know it's utopia it's never going to happen yeah. there will be mistake here and there we i i don't know if it's patience or anything but like you said 30 games in and he's not a world-class defender i'm shocked i mean come on you can you can't expect him to not have any mistakes so we had a bad game it happens okay we didn't lose because gatti had a bad game we lost because Juve had a bad game, period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can remember games where Killini had shockers coming up. Defenders get better. They're like late bloomers. They get better with age. They really, really do. I'm not worried about Gatti.
1: He can be perfect. He could have been perfect the entire match and, and eventually score that ridiculous own goal and everything he'd done wouldn't have mattered. In the match yeah that's the deal with defenders i mean one mistake is enough to judge them
0: yeah it just uh it was a bad bad game for gatti but again it's uh he went he went immediately to the locker room visibly distraught and upset i look for now i look for again what we'll find out about gatti the bounce back that's where we'll learn about gatti's character and where he's actually at and what where he can get to. It's all about the follow-through. It really, really is. And it's going to be like that play. for this team. This team's going to have to react. Leche, Leche's kickstart this season. We're going to get into that one, but it's all about the follow-through. Allegri also said, this one fired up fans. Really fired up Juventini when he said this. We still don't have the ability to adapt within the game. This touches perfectly on what you alluded to earlier, uh, Omar, about the tweaks, the shifts based on what's going on. Um, Does that fire you up when he says that?
1: Yeah, 100%. Because you immediately kill any hope of improving during a bad match if you say something like that. You know, to me, as a fan, if I see you playing badly and then it's half-time and I'm hoping they can improve, but then I remember our manager said we can't do that, so he's not going to try it anyway. So what's the point? I mean, he, he has to have the option, a plan B, some sort of plan B, which we don't have for three years now. We don't have plan B for certain positions on the pitch and for the way we play, the way we create chances. Because eventually, what we fall back and we did that a lot yesterday, is long balls, long balls to the top from Chesney, from Bremer. That that's not the way you should aim to score goals. No way. That's happening. If Sassol are pressing, we're up to nothing. Fine. You don't have goals. Find a way to create openings. Instruct your players where to stand, where to go, where to defend more. Where I, I mean, act. Act towards what the other team is doing. That's something that's sort of missing. And Allegri can't say that. Not to the players and not to the fans. We will try better next time to improve during the match. That's what he should say after after a game like that where we got thrashed by 17th place Sassuolo. Because if you can't make um, these changes, I'm sorry, then you can't play at the highest level. You can't coach at the highest level. Because that's what all the rest are doing. You gain nothing from not doing that.
0: Yeah. The the general consensus was when he says, you know, we don't have the ability to adapt within the game, everybody's gut reactions. That's your job. That's your job to get these guys able to do that, whatnot. But for me, it's really nothing any player, any coach says after a game like yesterday. Is really gonna matter it it really really Mm -hmm. doesn't matter like I was so numb I was so numb to everything that I was reading after the match Omer like I was just numb to it it means fuck all when I see guys missing out on the bare minimum which is effort effort running hard fighting Mm If I have that many guys in the lineup that see, I don't really care what any of them say after the game. Chesney's apologies. I'm numb to it. Uh, he apologized after the game to uh, us, the fans. I, I don't care. I'm numb to it. I just want to see better. And I expect to see better standards held. positionally or Rotationally, sorry, as far as lineup goes and whatnot, you have to, you have to, Set the tone and make guys understand that they are not safe moving forward. That's what I think needs to happen. You can't have guys... And we talked about it. We said in the midfield, you're locked in. Locatelli, Rabio, and the real fight was Miretti and Fagioli, whatnot. Miretti, after yesterday's performance, now Fagioli is next up in getting the role starting against Lecce. With Locatelli... We you can make the argument a little bit handcuffed. Rabio, Rabio needs to wake up and be the Rabio of last year. And th- I'm gonna just be right out there and say it. I don't have a problem in the games leading up to this, but he's definitely not the Rabio of last season. And no, sir, I know something's wrong with him. He's not the Rabio of last season. Yeah, had an ankle right knock on Wednesday, whatnot. I'm telling you. I don't know where. I saw ratings of 7.5, 7.7 like on Rabio, and I said, I don't know what game you watched to give this guy a 7.5. The only guy at that position, uh, at that level of rating for me yesterday was Federico Chiesa, hands down. That's it. Yeah. Um, But Leche coming up and their kickstart, you got to make some changes. Guys, everybody, a quick reminder, like the video, please, while you're in here and start getting your Storm the Barn questions in. We had one very, very early from uh, Swarit. I kept it here. And it is, what will be your starting lineup against Leche? Fede will, of course, be a starter. Will you start Duchamp and Kostic or bench them for Keane, Illing, slash cambiazo For me, obviously Chiesa starts, but... Uh, I'm on the fence with Dushan, to be honest. Um, After yesterday, I wouldn't be against trying to start another one out. But Chiesa and Dushan, for me, still weren't... Like, Chiesa's obviously starting. Dushan wasn't as big a problem for me when I want to talk about effort and stuff like that. To me, it was more execution with him yesterday. But the other guys, I have more of a problem with. Cambiaso for me, plays 100% against Lecce. Absolutely. Yeah, hands down.
1: Uh, I would even sit Gatti out for this one. I don't know if he'll still mentally recover from that horrible mistake. Dushan, I mean, we got to get our other guys, our other strikers into the game during the season. We can't leave them hanging all season long and then expect them to come in at the 80th minute and save us. They need game time in their legs too. So, yeah, maybe Lecce, maybe it's time for some of those guys to, to sit one out, you know, if Vlahovic comes in at the 60, 65th minute, no
0: issues. Yeah. So at the back, you would think Rugani, Bremer, Danilo? Yeah. yeah I'm okay maybe. with it. And I, I like I said, it's all about the reaction for Gatti. It's all about the reaction. And it could go one way or another, but we're going to learn. We're going to learn uh, about him. Based on whether it's leche or it's the match after, we'll we'll learn. But I'm not against making a change at the back. For me, perrine starts.
1: Oh yeah. I, I mean Perin,
0: I'm, I you,
1: I prefer Perrin every
0: day. I'm... And this is not even a preference thing for me because like i s I've been saying all the time that like I think I truly do believe we have a luxury at goalkeeper, but you have to set the tone. You absolutely have to set the tone that that's unacceptable. You have to make it unacceptable. You have to. You have to Mm -hmm. get these guys to snap out of this uh, um, club med type mode, vacation type mode because I'm sorry. We were talking earlier with Dells in there about mentality and coaching mentality and uh, people bringing in mentality. If you want that standard, you have to set it. And sometimes when you give guys too much leash, it, if it hurts you. It hurts you and the group. Tech, been around a long time. Yeah, you fucked up. It hurt us. We are going to start petting the next time. And you know what? It is what it is. You'll get your chance at some point to come back. And then let's make sure you're at that standard. It, it has to happen. Yeah. It has to what's happen. And point? it has to happen across the board. Every position. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care who the name is. One competition, these guys are going to be battling for minutes anyways. Create that hunger. Create that fire. Hey, you know what? If you can't be at the standard, there's a guy right there that I have no problem playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's the point of having a guy at this level sitting on your bench if he's not pushing uh, the starting goalkeeper for his position all the time that's what they should know otherwise just keeping solo there you know once chesney is injured or play him at Copa games fine but if you do have Perrine there you should always challenge tech for a starting spot. Yeah. that's what should be in his head because that's what's in in Perrine's head yeah that he he's going to
0: play that tech will remain between the sticks so what well, what what the hell do i know what the hell do I? Do? I don't know. But uh, yeah. okay. obviously, a lot of you agree that we should get the position, the battles happening at position, and keep that fight going and that 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 drive. I think that's gonna help in getting guys not to be so flat leading into a game. It's like, okay, I wanted these minutes. I got these minutes. Prove it. Prove that you should be the one in there. That's how I feel anyways. Yeah, but and some
1: of these guys need it. They really need it. I mean Kiesa doesn't need someone challenging him. It's just your your character that you put in hundred and fifty percent every match. Kiesa has it. Most of the guys don't and they need to be pushed. So I, I'm I'm waiting for them to be pushed. And if they're having bad performances, one, two, three, they get benched and you know, have to reclaim their place. It's it's natural in football. It's nothing weird, it's nothing special to Juve or anyone.
0: Yeah. We got uh, Matt Cuddy come here. Would, you, would Juve be the last ride of Allegri, or do you think any big club in Europe handing him the keys? Why? I No. Honestly, I think a lot is going to happen with Determin based on what happens here and when his time is actually up here with Juventus, to be honest. Um, it's... It could go either way. I think if all of a sudden the turnaround goes down, and everybody's got to remember we're five games into a 38-game season, okay? Depending on what happens and how he leaves, everything like this, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out just yet that a big club comes in for him. I wouldn't rule it out. Absolutely not. When I'm looking at some of the coaches that are getting shots, absolutely, absolutely I wouldn't rule it out. But... Mm. uh,
1: I don't think he'll get another offer because that last stint those last two seasons and whatever comes out of this season has hurt his name badly, became sort of a laughing stock among other fan bases because everyone got to win against us at least once I believe or get a result and he's not going to get that same Real Madrid offer he had before returning to Juve. If anything, I do see him go for big money move to Saudi Arabia or Qatar or somewhere like that that offer him a lot of money. But I I guess we won't see any big clubs coming in and offering offering him another big salary and try to make them play football. They don't look for it.
0: Yeah. Clubs don't run their operations based on what the fans say. I'm sorry to tell no, everybody another here. No, not the fans say, but the name… You know, like, and I know that the protesting, the reactions and all this thing. And I could… I. If I could take a screenshot and show everybody our uh, DMs on Twitter when the whole Allegri out thing was being commented under all the main Juventus posts, and why aren't you guys doing this? Why aren't you joining in? Why aren't you? Look, clubs don't run their operations based on fans' decisions. If that happened, we would be on coach seven over the past two years I guarantee you so let's just settle that right now I think a big club would still based depending on how things finish with Juventus okay because again this season is far from over I still would not rule it out by any means you still have a guy with a ton of experience um, that made some finals runs only losing to a couple of the best squads um, ever it, I think it I think he'd be okay. I think he'd be okay to be honest. Um, and again, he had he had turned teams down when he did come to us he'd still find a job. I truly, truly don't doubt that. I don't. but again, mm-hmm. for me right now all that matters is what happens here what happens with us with Juventus okay So whether he gets a job or where it goes afterwards, just like the players that leave us, for me, it matters not. It only matters I, what happens with you. I
1: partly disagree um, with the fans don't have any effect because I believe that without the fans' reaction and not the social media effects, okay, the, the fans that are putting up banners at the stadium and singing at the stadium, I'm convinced that if we didn't have the reaction we had, Lukaku would be a UV player today and Dushin would be out. no. That's that's what I believe. I have no. no idea if it's true or not, but that's what I believe. No. Um,
0: if I, Juve wanted, if Juve that, truly obviously. wanted Lukaku, he would he would have been there. They would have accepted Man. lower offers for Vlaovic and brought him in if they really wanted to. They're sticking to their guns. They were, this, this whole thing with Lukaku, I think, was just literally a bit of uh, posturing and more so to fuck with Inter. I truly do believe that, but I'm not saying that the fans don't. I think the fans have a big effect on the players at the stadium. Like that's different. But as far as their operations, I I really strongly disagree. I really strongly mm. disagree that we have do, this much of an impact degree. on the decisions that they make. Do I think we should have a bigger? I mean, every fan's gonna say, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I I don't. I really don't think so. I really, really don't think so. Mm. Does our inconsistency cost us a Scudetto challenge? We wasted Milan's derby loss by losing uh, yesterday and can only blame ourselves. Consistency is going to be the biggest question mark with Juventus in terms of this challenge. Does one loss take away our ability to challenge for the Scudetto? No. One loss won't do it. But come December, we might be speaking a different tune, right? But one loss isn't going to take us out of the race all of a sudden. Do you feel we're already out of the race, Homer?
1: No, definitely not out of the race. I mean, five games in, we're not out of the race. There's still plenty of, you know, European games for the other teams as well. They've only played one game. I don't know. Let's see how it affects the team as a whole because that was a painful loss more than just a regular, you know, if we had lost one nil with a late goal and we had a solid performance, a penalty or anything like that, it's a, it's a different type of loss. That specific loss they, they will have to prove they can bounce back. Because, well, maybe consistency was our problem in the past four or five years. In general, we couldn't have consistency at any point. That's what cost us seasons, but not because of one loss. I hate blaming one game or one mistake during a season that yeah that is what cost us our season no it's not like that Yeah It's a tons and tons of other factors that play into it and um, we can't really to speak the about, to prove
0: it We can't speak about inconsistency yet because we're only 5 games in That's kind of what I'm trying to get at is like we still it's one loss out of 5 we got to see what the trend becomes and where we go from here. So it's still too early for me to even say that we're inconsistent. So that's all I'm trying to get at. We go but we to... were
1: inconsistent in prior seasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is Juve's biggest problem? Allegri ball, mental problems, or are the players just not good enough? Hmm. A bit of everything, but for me the one that keeps creeping up, whether we go to this era of Allegri, whether we go to Pirlo, whether we go to Sarri, it's, men, it's the mentality is shifting. The mentality is shifty, shifting. The beast that was created, okay? It's, it's shifted, it's not, it's not there anymore. The fear factor is no longer there with teams that we face and there's doubt there's doubt the uve team that went through that decade there was no doubt there was this sense of belief that through no matter what adversity they faced they would find a way that's no longer there and that is a big big shift and When we are trying to make comparisons, even as fans, and we always bring up this mentality thing, we we automatically go in our minds back to those teams. If you want to start looking at the players that were part of those squads, there's a big drop-off. We can agree on that.
1: Yeah, hands down. I, I mean... Look, blaming the players is is a bit weird because I, I do believe some of the players are not just are just not at the level, maybe that we think they are. But teams with worse players can do better. I mean, you don't have to have eleven world class players to have a good team. But okay, this is why what, I
0: say it's a bit this of. This is some of the problems. Yeah, I mean, there are
1: tons of problems at Juve. If you you know go from the from the top down. From management to fans to the logo to the mentality to the empty stadium to to millions and millions of reasons and there are reasons that are not in our hands and you know FIGC the pressure they are putting refereeing in matches that cost us points there are things that are out of the hands but there there are many problems and you know it, it kind of works like that in football you don't have only one problem then it gets solved you know the, all the problems coming together and they affect one another. So there are a lot of things to fix, but we have talked about it yesterday and I believe the club are working to fix what they can, you know, from outside of the pitch, inside the pitch is a different story, but there are tons of things to work on. We're not nearly a finished product as we would like
0: to. Be. I will, I will say this. When we look at how things went down as players were leaving and exiting, some of us were talking about the contingency planning at Juventus. And when you have guys like that in your locker room, what's the biggest benefit? The biggest benefit is also getting in the next wave, ushering them in to to take over the reins. But Juve didn't really do that. And I think that's a big reason why there's this massive gap in mentality and like it's just not it's just not there is because you didn't groom anybody through that. You're you're picking no. up pieces here and there, and then saying, "Oh yeah, like we still have Benucci here, whatever. Like he's got the DNA. He's gonna bring it." It's it's different than when you you're into that. They had this this opportunity to really nurture players into that by bringing it into at that level and keep these young guys and and work them in. But all the work was through transfer mercados and windows and pickups here and there, and young guys were kind of pushed to the wayside. I think we're doing things right now, especially with Juve Next Gen and everything, but it it's going to take time. And you have yeah. to mold it from nothing.
1: Yeah, part of the problem was uh, the, the switch from uh, Morota to Paratici because Morota did that great. He, he's even doing it great now at Inter finding replacement and, you know, grooming and giving players some time, even for one or two seasons, he's doing it great. So we did that in the past when uh, Tevez, Pirlo and Vidal left. So we brought in uh, Dybala and Mandzukic and Kedira and some some youngsters, some guys with tons of character and experience, World Cup winners, Champions League winners, whatever. And the minute he left, it stopped with Paratic. Because he was yeah. just bringing guys in for whatever reason he had. Yeah, um, but there are general managers that do it well. I think Juntoli has done it relatively well at uh, Napoli. You know, since they went up to Syria, Syria, uh, he hasn't been there the whole time. But the past ten years, he has managed to replace players with like-to-like players for low costs. But he's just arrived, so I'm not expecting anything. We have started the process.
0: It will take time to build
1: that up from scratch.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. Ultimately, I agree with this comment. It's too early to determine anything, one way or another. Around 10 games, I even think maybe a little bit beyond, we'll have a better picture about where we're at. And I mean, if we have yes, five wins from now on... There's still, as Aldo says, more positives this season than negatives. Nobody's throwing anything out, okay? There's always going to be extremes to reactions, but nobody's throwing anything out. I just... Again, I'm very, very curious about the preparation. And what's interesting is there was a sound bite uh, with Patrice Evra again, always Uncle Pat. Mm-hmm. I still think clear the damn ball every time. But nonetheless, um, he always talks very, very uh, beautifully about the old lady. Yeah. Carriger was trying to get a sound clip hyping up Prem. Obviously, we all know what he was fishing for. And Evra did not take the bait. When he's talked about times at clubs and whatnot, he says, honestly, for me, being at Juventus was better than being at United. And he said, why? He goes, trophies, all this aside, he goes, it challenged me as a man. Challenged me as a man because of how hard they worked. He said, I had never worked that hard in my career. He goes, never. And yeah, he
1: said some of the things is like completing your miles, like you're expected to run about 12 miles or 10 miles a match. And if you hadn't done that, then you have to complete the uh, the remaining two, three miles uh, that yeah. you didn't run in the game for everyone.
0: Yeah. It makes me wonder if we're, are we like, are we still training that hard or whatnot? Or do we need to train? That hard again, like it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder.
1: I don't know. I mean, okay, let's maybe this will be a good lesson going forward. Okay, the way we have prepared ourselves for that game with a week that we are not used to having, maybe that was wrong. Maybe it's a good lesson for the rest of the season how to prepare when you have a week. Yeah, and I'm hoping that's the case. Okay, what we did it cost us about three injuries. I believe we had at some point in the day that we had a double training session, and I, I hope they grow learn from it and not, you know, go through the same mistakes each week.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just I can't stop thinking about that when we show up and just uh, it's a it's a dreadful dreadful game yesterday, but it just it's in my head like and then when you start hearing these guys talk about that, the way it was, it makes you think like. Okay, did we train too hard that we're fatigued? Because all these brain-dead errors that were happening yesterday, what's the first thing that goes when you're fatigued and you're tired? It's your brain. It's your thought process. And the decisions become awful. I've been there. I've been there. Like over here, it's ridiculous. We play tournaments in weekends where you're playing six games in a weekend. Um, And it's it's shocking it's like how do you even do this to your body and whatever like now at the age i'm at i'm understanding i can't do it um so i'm a lot smart about the minutes and more accepting to those substitutions than i was at a younger age but it's it may it makes you wonder like you know are we not training the guys as hard enough will that get them where they need to be where these other guys were so that Energy, like fitness, like that just becomes a non-factor. Like, I don't really know. But I'm I'm getting, I'm finding myself more curious and asking more questions about what we're doing. Especially now when you could see us fall into the same traps that we were when we were spread out across multiple competitions. And you could be like, yeah, these guys are fatigued. These guys are fatigued, whatever. We should not be fatigued right now.
1: No, of course yeah. not. So I, I, I get the case when we have midweek games. I mean, the body needs time to recover, especially at that intensity. But one match a week for professional athletes. I mean, it it shouldn't be any easier than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, match sharpness too. Everybody continues to say that it is not that. Um, it's not uh, an advantage to not be playing in Europe. And I'm sorry, but again, you're taking a roster that has more than enough capable players and you're playing one serious match a week. Like match sharpness, like you're training every day. Your touch should be still bang on. Your shooting should be bang on. Like I, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this. So something's got to change. And the reaction is going to be key. And I'm with you on this, Aldo. I am most interested in seeing how Juve will respond respond to this match. A question I'm going to bring up for Storm the Bard. Because honestly, it just pissed me off about seeing it and hearing it. And I'm going to say flat out, fuck no. Any regrets about Berardi? No hell no Omar
1: no 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 I mean come on <laughs> that,
0: that
1: that was a relatively easy game for Berardi. You found tons of space you weren't covering right the midfield was non-existent that's that's fantastic for for a winger to play so it did have a relatively good game uh, some good passes some good opportunities got a goal uh, but to the level of regret, no, I don't think Berardi is what we were missing yesterday. You're muted. Out. you're muted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they trade too much, but at too little intensity, mm-hmm. they don't recover enough in his opinion but they seem to only go through the motions. That increases soft tissue injuries. Interesting. Interesting.
1: There was actually like a a photo from a a chat between some of the guys working at, uh, one guy that's working at Man United, and he wrote to the other guy that there's a big problem with training. They all overload themselves. They don't do enough stretches and stuff to extend the muscles. Um, and he basically said that the training program, the fitness program is shit and the players are doing whatever they want and it hurts them. I don't know, maybe that's the case with Juve and maybe the trainings are worked out wrong. For me, still, if if you we really want to improve on that aspect, do all you can to bring uh, Pindos in. Because he's a master at that. And that's a problem that's been that Juve has been dealing with for not one or two seasons, it's been like that for four or five seasons now. That we get tons of injuries all the time. Something is broken in the fitness system that you have right now. Yeah. These are not all injury-prone players. There are injuries that are during matches and stuff, okay, ACLs, but those minor injuries like Sandro has right now and that Dybala suffered from and couldn't recover, that Vlahovic had last season with that Belgian stuff, something needs to be worked on and, you know, reevaluate all the fitness work that they do in training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm feeling that way after seeing that, but again, we'll see what trends develop with more games through the season. How come UVA players have low cardio when teams like Liverpool, Napoli, all other big, medium, even small clubs could keep up the intent. Well, again, we, we don't, we don't know. We're, we're speculating that there's possibly some, uh, work that could be done in that regards, but it, it, it's anybody's guess what's going on. And maybe the training regiment is fine. Maybe our training regiment is hard for some. I, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. Maybe it could be.
1: It could yeah. be. And we even need those are the, clubs we need have the uh, some trash
0: bill uh, ice baths, apparently. <laughs> those clubs,
1: too, had some weird faults. I mean, Liverpool had two seasons where they gave it all in, won the Champions League, and then won the, the EPL. And the season afterwards, they just fell apart. Yeah, they could hold it out long enough for two seasons, and even Napoli now—they don't look like the same Napoli. Not because of Spalletti, because, well, partly because Spalletti, but they look exhausted, and we're five games in. Yeah, playing a terrific season has its costs on the players.
0: Yeah, drugs—that didn't help Pogba. Ooh, too (laughs) soon? Too soon? Hey, no, no, it's not. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, okay. Are you guys confident in our defense? I'm not coming in with uh, from Jeremiah here. I'm still, for the most part, uh, I think there's going to be question marks one way or another. Back four, back three, whatnot. It's going to take time. It's going to take some time for them to really click and gel, whatnot. And, I mean, again, it's this flip-flop. It's this game where we feel great. They can do it. Okay, solid performance. And then... It's a letdown. It's more about why is this a letdown? Because I've seen enough of these guys to feel for the majority confident. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's just I letdowns. mean, I
1: feel like I feel like there's always something missing in each match because one game you limit Lazio who just beat Napoli uh, to I don't know, two shots on goal all game, then the next match you get your first shot on target at this, what was it, 78-minute, kiezas chance. And um, it's not that the defense is not functioning, but I feel like there's something wrong with the connection between the midfield and the defense. That's where yeah. I find we're lacking. Uh, there are games that it works, and there are games that the, the communication is just non-existent. Yesterday was one of those. Every yeah. attack was a counterattack.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... Again, we we go through these moments where we we see the positives, we see the shift, we see the progress. For me, yesterday the movement was terrible. When you see guys coming on in the pitch, on the ball, and shouting at their teammates where to go to make themselves actual options, that's pathetic, man. You shouldn't see that at that level.
1: And not you know life. you know where I 22-year-old. see that.
0: I see that in fucking rec league here. Like a guy going yeah. on the ball that obviously understands the game and being like, "No, dude, get over. It. I know you're a plumber all week, but get to get here, I need you here. That's where I see that shit. Over mm-hmm. here, I never want to see that like from UV. I, sh- I never expect to see that where a guy's on the ball and needs to direct these guys where to be options. like you it's it's they've got to figure that out. and that when I see that yesterday, that's infuriating, infuriating, and I feel that players, those players' frustrations in those moments. Again, energy, drive, like mental, mental, like awareness. We had nothing. We had nothing yesterday. It was bad. It was bad, and I think that scoreline could have been really, really bad. Part one, storm the barn. So we're we've got a bit of a series here from Vidette. It was common sense to know that tactical versatility was Allegri's trademark. Playing three at the back against a side which is playing with three attackers isn't smartest to say the least. Huh? Part two, where is that versatility now? And was he versatile only with a group overloaded with characters and quality? Well, that alludes ah. back to what,
1: who was it, Dave uh, Davenport said. And that maybe this is as far as Allegri can take Juve. Because in his first stint, I mean, he had it all just worked out. World-class midfielders, world-class defenders, that you don't need to work with mentality on them. You had attackers that can win you games in one specific moment. So it was all clicking, but it didn't have to like work with what it needs to work now. So maybe, you know, that's not his M.O. Maybe that's not something he's good at or or needed to experience with, had too much experience with during his career. Because he failed the same way with Milan after all the stars left and he was left with, the, you know, the youngsters. Maybe there's, it's just not his thing. And when you have a player like Dybala, a player like Iguain, like Mandzukic, like Jelini, you don't need to work on those stuff. They, they come with the players and who they are.
0: Maybe that's what the
1: victory is
0: missing right now. Number one, I'm not going to say that playing a three at the back against a three-man front is a bad idea because we've seen it before and we've destroyed teams where we ran literally in a 3-5-2 for like two seasons straight. And we've seen teams now, and Inter is doing a good job of it too. Um, Oh, we did it, great against
1: Lazio it, last week. They played they
0: a, a 4-2-3-1 essentially yesterday. But even if you call it a 4 3 3 that's a variation of a 4-3-3. We should have hurt them in the midfield. We were not capable of doing so because all three of our guys were on howlers yesterday in the middle of the pitch. But that's besides the point. The versatility. I. Hmm. That's where I'm kind of... I've been questioning Max since his return. He's always been great at it. But I think it would also be unfair to realize the pieces that we have now are not necessarily as strong to make these shifts or impacts. You know what I mean? We can't can't really... We can't really say otherwise. I mean, there's question marks up and down our roster, and the guys that aren't in that main starting 11 that you want to get into, there's question marks out on them. There's question marks out even on our young, great prospects that we expect so much out of, like uh, Fajoli, for instance. Like, there's still question marks around Fajoli. Like, I don't think he's locked in as this Superstar, whatever, that it's like we love him, we want him to succeed and whatnot, but there's question marks around Fajoli. Am I wrong in saying that?
1: No, no, I there's question marks around everyone, yeah. Like, a, Ailing Jr.'s maybe. got question
0: marks, Cambiaso's got question marks, wea has got question marks, uh, Vlaovic has question marks, like, there's question marks I mean, all up and down this roster. Mm-hmm. The versatility yeah. is definitely going to be impacted by that, I think
1: versatility is, is i mean what does it mean by versatility like tactical versatility for Juve or just players on the bench that can offer you something different without changing the formation or anything
0: and it, and even if we want to talk if we want to get into this and then get you know kind of to this um versatility thing tactically and whatnot we haven't necessarily clamped down the 352 for me like there's still work to be done there in my honest opinion so now if you want to get versatile and say switch mid-game into another setup we're not. we haven't even nailed this one down pat so are we gonna all of a sudden create more issues for the team in trying to do so maybe yeah maybe but
1: but like Einstein said, I mean, keep trying the same thing that doesn't work, is madness. And so I wouldn't call it madness, but you, you still need to have some, you know, a, a plan B. That's what's been lacking from Juve. When things don't go away, we just throw everyone in and hope something happens. But there is no, you know, constructual and plan B of how we play, who moves where. and That's kind of missing. Not all games are going to go your way. I agree that okay, three-five-two is our formation, and all the big teams impose their game on the opposition, and not the other way around. But yeah. we failed to do that so far. We play to how the opposition plays, yeah, and they mostly dictate the game.
0: For for me too, like here's the thing. I, if we would have played four-three-three yesterday, it would have made absolutely zero difference. We would have played four-two-three-one. I don't see it being the be-all, end-all, because we had no, that if, many guys. That with many the guys. the mentality
1: we had yesterday, no formation in the world would have changed the outcome of the match. We would have lost it anyway. They just they didn't arrive. No one has yeah. arrived for the match except for Chiesa.
0: Yeah. And are we going to make a switch? Is something going to happen? Potentially. Potentially. But we hearing see the a 4 3
1: yesterday. We did What's see that? it. We did see a four three three yesterday. At some point, I think the seventieth minute after we went down three two, uh eightieth minute, then Danilo moved to the right, Ealing moved to the other and we are played up front. We did see the shift, but too little, too late. I'm not going to gauge that based on ten minutes when we're down in a match. Yeah. I would like to see it in a full match, but yesterday was, you know, not a measuring stick for four three three.
0: The problem is is that you know you you've been going main with three five two. You yeah, haven't really done 4 3 a lot, and the points are all critical. Lecce is not going to be easy on Tuesday, Kickstart, regardless of we're being at home. But again, at least the stadium atmosphere is going to be great, okay? Another positive yesterday is that at least the Juventini that were there called the players over and did not jeer them and at least showed support, Okay. That's a positive. That's a positive to take out of it. Chiesa continues to fire. Becomes, uh, what, the first player since Ronaldo to bag five in five consecutive. Positive there. Chiesa is absolutely firing. Vlaovic, I'm still not concerned about it. And he'll get his goals. He'll still continue on fine. He's still off to a great start. Um, Didn't match the uh, 40-year record there of uh, trying to get that uh, fifth goal in five opening matches unfortunate leche then atalanta i want to see the reaction from juventus in these two games and i think we'll uh, again as the season unfolds we'll learn more and more about where we're at T- yesterday everybody i forgot i tried to forget about it instantly okay and i would advise all of you forget about it let's move forward let's see what happens on tuesday yeah
1: i'm praying it was a one-off and just a bad game if that's the case you know looking back if we like win the next five games you look back at it and you said okay that was one bad match it happens to every team every season they have one two three really bad matches okay time will tell but i I i am happy it happened this early uh, so we get like a wake-up call, like you roll down here, you it back down to Earth. Maybe we needed to come back down to Earth a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe we needed to, maybe we need to. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe the guys uh, got themselves up here, fell flat on their face. Okay, start climbing up again. Let's see, time will tell. We'll learn more each match. And the next one is Tuesday, match day live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, regular time and then uh, no watch along because I'll be at work, unfortunately. But hey, I'll be uh, watching there. I'll be on uh, Twitter there, uh, t- t- giving the reactions and everything. And we'll do the post match podcast the day after on Wednesday. All right. Thanks everybody for the live chat. You guys were amazing. We went overtime today because you guys are uh, great no matter what. Okay. Through thick and thin or sa juve, fino alla fine. No matter what. Thank you, Alex Pete, for the kind words. Uh, thank you, Aldo. Ciao uh, a archeology Archeology, thank you. Thank you, you guys. Always appreciate the support. And the diards that are here through thick and thin, okay? It's easy. It's easy when things are going well and we're winning. But, you know, tough times don't last. Tough people do, okay? Fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Tuesday. Leche. And I want to see us. Smash them. All right. Till then, take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Ciao, tutti. Yeah.